If you want to attract somebody into your life, the best way for you to do that is to become that person. Some people want to go get, some people want to go give. I would say grow giver. That's the new thing that I try to share with everybody. Grow and then you have more to give and then that makes you want to grow more and then you have more to give. Welcome to Next Level University. I am your host, Kevin Paul Mary, And I am your co-host, Alan Lazarus. At Next Level University, we believe in a heart-driven but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement for dream chasers. We bring you seven episodes per week to help you level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. Self-improvement in your pocket every day from anywhere for free. Welcome to Next Level University. Next Level Nation, welcome back to another very special, as always, episode of Next Level University, where we teach you how to level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, number 1,235, Are the Bad Parts of You Good? Today, for episode number 1,236, One Reason Most People Never Have Their Dream Relationship. I remember when I was in my mid-20s, I was dating somebody. I remember I found them on a dating website and I was like, oh my goodness, this person is un unreasonably attractive. I need to find a way to make this relationship happen. And we ended up matching and we hit it off and we met and we ended up dating for, I don't know, a year and a half. And at the time, I thought this was quote unquote my dream relationship. The interesting thing, Alan, and I'm sure you've experienced this, is I assumed that the way I looked my quote unquote financial success, the materials and possessions I had, I, for some reason, I just assumed those were the things that mattered most in this relationship. And I think there's a big difference between attracting and sustaining, right? It, it's not super hard to attract something. I mean, in this, in this instance, but there's a big difference between attracting something into your life and sustaining that thing. And towards the end of this relationship, it became pretty clear that I was not able to sustain the value that I brought to the relationship. And my partner ended up saying, I want to move across the country and I want to chase my dreams. I have all these aspirations. And I just could not match that level of self-belief. I couldn't match the level of self-improvement, like the self-development set point. I didn't really have, I didn't have the confidence. I didn't have the, I don't want to say the character. I didn't have the attributes. That's really it in the in the easiest sense, I wasn't a super developed man. And I think a lot of us assume, you know what? I can get my dream relationship where I am now as the version of me that I am today. And I think the reason most people don't end up getting it is because they are working on external stuff, not necessarily the internal stuff. And you'll hear people say, and I, I've said this to many people, Alan, I'm, I'm sure you have too. You need to go be single for a while. The reason you need to be single is not so you can be lonely or, you know, have sleepless nights where you're thinking about the people you want to date. It's so you can actually go to work on yourself without the external influence of somebody else. That level of self-work and that level of self-awareness and that level of accountability, I think, is what has to happen if you really want to attract and sustain your dream relationship. And here's the other thing, too. When you work on yourself, you're capable of attracting a higher quality partner, a higher quality job, a higher quality community, whatever it is. You're capable of attracting more when you become more. But I think a lot of us get stuck in the, I want 
the best without putting in the work. And then that's where like a lot of weird things can happen where you have delusional expectations and you're waiting for something that's never going to happen. It's, it's, a, it's a weird thing. So I thought it would be valuable to talk about that because there's a lot of us or a lot of you. I mean, I'm very, very happy in my relationship. I know Alan is as well. Maybe there's a lot of you out there that you're waiting to attract your dream partner or you're waiting to attract something else that you're aspirational towards and you think it's just going to happen. Because you have a good job, you have a nice car, you have a whatever, whatever it is, a lot of followers on social media. That just isn't the way it works. It's really not. It's really, really not. So I wanted to ask you a question. You talked about personal development set point or self-improvement set point, I think is what we should probably call it. But you mentioned like your self-improvement set point with that relationship wasn't high enough. Mm. And in hindsight, that's very clear. I mean, you know, and again, hindsight's twenty twenty. You didn't know that then. Right. You just nope. realize that after the fact of like, oh, I kind of couldn't handle the idea of her going and chasing her dreams. And I didn't have the self-belief. I was insecure, all that stuff. So can you talk about what the self-improvement set point is and then like where yours was? I would say the self-improvement set point is your, I mean, if you're thinking like on a scale of one to 10, how much have you studied self-improvement? How well do you know yourself? How much have you worked on your inner world as much as your external world. How much do you, how confident are you? How do you deal with your insecurities? Uh, how much do you understand other humans? How much do you understand? I mean, that's really what it is, right? Like how much have you worked on improving yourself? If you think of it from a zero to 100 scale at that time, I hadn't, I hadn't ever read a book on self-improvement at that point. So I would say I was in really, really good shape. I made good money but I didn't understand myself. I didn't work on myself. I didn't focus on learning and growing and evolving. So probably like 20 out of 100. What was your partner? Probably like 60, 70. Yeah, so that would be a, what I would call a, a an energetic mismatch. Yeah. Um, what's a good example of this? Emilia and I talk about this at our company called The We, and we say it's not about you or me, it's about The We. And when in reality, what it's about is the two me's that make up The We. In other words, Emilia's self-improvement set point, when it comes to inner work, is definitely higher than mine. And I actually have a therapist that I sought out and sought after, uh, she went to my my school, WPI, and I had a client early on who I actually went to therapy with because she was scared. And we actually interviewed this person as well on the podcast. Her name's Carol, and she's amazing. But she's doing internal family systems, which is essentially, if you've ever seen, the best way to explain it, I think, is if you've ever seen the movie Inside Out by Pixar, there's, you know... This adolescent girl, it's a story about an adolescent girl, and there's this control panel in her brain with all these different emotions, sadness and joy and disgust and anger, and joy is the main character, and joy is trying to make sure the other emotions don't screw everything up. And so we all have these different parts of ourselves that drive, and Emilia is more, she's been studying this stuff since she was a teenager, since she was like 13 years old, so she knows this stuff so well. And on the plane ride home yesterday, yesterday, two days ago, we were doing business stuff and she was asking me about numbers and metrics and math and business. And 
she's like, what numbers do I need to know? And I, I told her, I said, if you don't know these numbers off the top of your head, that's kind of, that's kind of a mistake because you can't tell whether or not your plane, it's kind of like if you're on a plane and you don't know your altitude and you don't know your, are you descending or ascending? Do you even know? And what numbers should you look at? Look at. So for me, the outer extrinsic, when I first met Emilia, I got her this necklace uh, when I asked her to be with me and it's two infinity symbols with a diamond in the middle. And the diamond can only be as bright as the infinity symbols, which in, in my metaphor represents her genius zone and my genius zone intertwining. And so to, to bring this uh, full circle, my self-improvement set point was lower than hers, but my business acumen and my mathematical understanding and my skills extrinsically were above hers. And I'm also way older. I'm seven years older than her. So I'm farther along in terms of the compound effect of those skills. But like extrinsic world, I was far more successful than she was and far more capable. Internal world, she was far more capable than me. So we have had to, in our relationship, integrate standards, integrate understandings, integrate. And honestly, that's why I went and got a therapist. It's not because I had anything necessarily wrong or, you know, I'm depressed or anything like that. I actually am deeply fulfilled more so than I ever have been. But I did realize that she is better at emotionally regulating. She understands herself at a deeper level. She's been doing therapy for so many years. Not not because anything's wrong either, but because she just wants to do that work. And what I've come to find is that that inner work has been like massively beneficial for the external stuff too. Uh, my ability to just understand myself at the deepest level, like, you know, when I was a kid, different things that I went through. And, and so, you know, I recommend the therapy to everybody. There's no, there's no, it's just great. Think about an hour long session where you're focused on understanding yourself at a deeper level. Who would not benefit from that, honestly? Mm. And so anyways, I have my call later today with my therapist, but the point that I'm making is our set points are close enough to where we we can be peers. Whereas with you and that other person, it, it seems like an energetic mismatch. Mm. And a lot of times I, in relationship talks coaching that Emilia and I coach couples all over the world, we see these energetic mismatches. Honestly, almost all the time. There's very few couples that are like on the exact same level in the inner and outer work. Usually there's one partner who's better in the extrinsic world and there's usually one partner who's more developed inwardly. Typically the female is more inner developed. Typically the male is more outer extrinsic skills, but not always, not always. Um, but what I do know is that if they're not integrating if they're not teaching each other, if they're not the student at the right time and the teacher at the right time, they, they're in trouble. And that's actually why people fight in relationships at the deepest level is they have beliefs in conflict, core aspirations in conflict. They have set points in conflict. Mm. So if I'm sitting here arrogant thinking I know things and that I am you know, more aware than her in the internal work, that's going to mess stuff up because she's way ahead of me in that and I need to know that. And it's very important to understand that. And, and I know you've talked about you and your wife, Taryn, when you went to the gym together. And it's like, it's important for her to remember that you've been doing this since you were 16 years old. Whereas when you and Taryn first met, she was much further along on understanding relationships and John Gottman's work and self-improvement set point was higher than yours, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. And I remember you asked me, you're like, did I, did I end that too quickly? Mm -hmm. um, and maybe we should tell a little bit of context of that story. But essentially, Taryn and Kevin met and we were in the car driving to Chipotle and he's like, do you, do you think that I ended that too quickly? And I said, yeah, it does sound like you did. 
Um, and then years later, they when Kevin's set point came up, they reconnected. And I think that that's, that's how it's supposed to work. That's how the law of attraction is supposed to work. But when you have someone who's only developed at a level four with someone who's developed at a level eight, it messes everything up. It's really, it's a big gap. And it's hard to close that gap without a lot of help, therapy, coaching, humility, you know, um, courage, vulnerability. It's very difficult to close that gap if you don't have those things. Well, and the other interesting thing too is one of the reasons most people never have their dream relationship is because it takes work. If you think of it, we didn't get a real Christmas tree this year, but I think we did last year, the year before. When you get a Christmas tree, you bring it home and you put it in your your stand and it's slowly dying because you're not doing anything to improve it. And I think that's what happens for a lot of people with relationships. They get into a relationship and they say, okay, I'm done now. I got my, I acquired my dream relationship, quote unquote, and that's it. And then either the growth stops or the conversation stops or the vulnerability stops or whatever, whatever brought you that relationship in the first place stops. I saw an interesting video the other day. I was actually talking to somebody about, oh, that's a different, no, yeah, I saw a video the other day and it was talking about how if you want to attract somebody into your life, the best way for you to do that is to become that person. And I thought it was a really powerful video. So if you want to attract somebody who is heart-driven and brave and patient and hyper-conscious into your life, the best way for you to do that is to become those things. And that's kind of this episode in a nutshell where you're not going to... So this is kind of it. Your... How do I say this without sounding terrible? Okay. That person that I was dating was kind of out of my league. In a self-improvement set point, they were. They, they could do better than me. And they ended up doing that or they decided to, to take that chance. You're not really going to be able to sustain something that's out of your league, quote unquote. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that just like if I, you know, if you gave me this position and the amount of responsibility I have today, six years ago, I could not maintain that. No way. It's just, that was beyond my capabilities. It is still. <laughs> yeah, it's still it really, yeah, it really yeah, it's is. Still. I mean, I'm really hinging on getting fired. Like, I'm pretty close often. But that's it. That's another way to think about it. That opportunity is beyond your current capabilities. Mm-hmm. That relationship is beyond your current capabilities, beyond your current communication set point, beyond your current uh, courageous set point, beyond your current vulnerability set point. So that's another interesting way to look at it is when I tell people to go be single for a while, what I'm saying is go work on you based on you working on you, not you working on you to keep up with somebody else, not you working on you out of a place of fear. Go work on you. That's what you should be doing. If you want a higher quality human to come along, you have to become a higher quality human first. And again, I don't mean that in any negative way. I just think that's one of the reasons many people don't acquire and sustain their dream relationship is because they do not become the type of person capable of attracting and sustaining that myself included in the past for sure hey kevin kim here just wanted to send you a video to say thank you so much for your help on creating the peaceful productivity podcast you know i couldn't have done it without you i knew you'd be lots of great help with the technical aspects of getting the podcast going but you went well above and beyond that you helped me with the strategy and you gave me all kinds of really great support. You know, I think the key to success in business is a great attitude and you have that in spades. You really walk the walk. So 
Thanks again. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. Well, what's a good analogy for this? Christmas trees. Yeah, Christmas. That actually was. It was. It was good. That. I took but a risk. The thing is about the Christmas tree, you cut oh it down. Oh, God. I know. You I bring know. it home. You bring you it home. You cut it down. So no, it's now already it, cut down. Now it's, it's already, already cut on its way out because you cut its, its roots. Down. It's already cut down, though. You just go yeah, pick no, it up. I... It's already cut down. But I understand. Okay. Yeah. So, so hold on. Uh, self-improvement set point. No. So, in the Relationship Talks events that we do, we always ask people these these compelling questions. We try to start off with connection and, and really getting people to think about themselves. And that's really what it comes down to. If And, and at the end of every Relationship Talks event, we have the same quote. And it's actually similar to what one of our mentors used to say. It's love is not built in a day. It's built every day. It's very easy. It's very easy to fall in love. It's very, very difficult to sustain and grow love over the long term. Falling in love is easy. A high schooler can do that, right? And again, whether or not that's real love or whatever is a whole other debate. We're not talking about that. But the point is, is falling in love is easy. Sustaining it for decades Right? Starting a podcast is easy. For sure. Sustaining it for decades takes a lot of work. And if you're and this is the real thing that I want to really try to drive home here. And and of course I'm I'm obsessed with self-improvement. I always have been. Um, even when I was massively misguided, I was still trying to improve. I just unfortunately wasn't improving myself as much as I should have been. And maybe I'll use myself as an example. Prior to my car accident at 26, I was very good at achievement what i wasn't as good at was self-improvement and at 26 i got in a car accident and for those of you who are new listeners my father passed away in a car accident when he was 28 and so this rocked me i mean big time uh i've seen pictures of his car i saw pictures of my car they didn't look very different so this messed me up so much psychologically because i was like whoa that could have been it my dad didn't get a second chance and i know i know i did get my second chance And so what am I going to do different? What am I going to do different? The main difference in hindsight is that prior to 26, I was really good at achieving goals. Genuinely. Whenever I set a goal, I always worked hard to achieve them. The difference after 26 is I stopped focusing on going out and achieving goals. Instead, I focused on improving myself and then letting those goals kind of be attracted to me. And so that's the main difference. We talk about go-getters and, and go-givers, right? Some people want to go get, some people want to go give. I would say grow giver. That's the new thing that I try to share with everybody. Grow and then you have more to give. And then that makes you want to grow more and then you have more to give. It's and decent. I would argue that, uh, what would you say? Pretty good. Pretty good? You it's like pretty that? Pretty good. I like that. It's pretty okay. good. I would like to say that you and I, after our mid-20s, I think we became grow-givers. I agree. And I think before that, we were kind of go-getters. And that's why we had all the success and the nice cars and the, and the beautiful girlfriends and the, the, the six-figure incomes, but we weren't fulfilled yeah. because we weren't focused on self-improvement. So rather than going out and achieving, what if you self-improve and then the achievements are attracted to you? That next job, that next relationship, that, that opportunity, right? And, and um, that's, I think, a more fulfilling formula. And I think in the long run, it's a better formula. I do think in the short term, it doesn't seem like it's paying off until it's like, whoa, my whole life is different. Um, and and I, the greatest gift of my life is Emilia, hands down. Um, she is the best person I've ever met. She's And I'm not just saying that. I mean, she earns it every day. 
She's, I've never seen her do, I've never seen her be unkind. It's like unbelievable. She makes me want to be a better person just with her own example. And for some reason, she gets attacked a lot, which is a whole nother thing we're not going to talk about right now. But the point is, is I've never seen a more virtuous, holistic, self-improved person who wants to do more good for the world than Emilia Smith. Genuinely, no one else. And there's no way, there's no way, I used to say this, in my mid-20s, there's no way I could have attracted her. No way. Why? And honestly, the only reason why I can attract and sustain a relationship with Emilia Smith someone of her standards is because I'm seven years older and I work on myself every single day. And if I didn't do that, I'm telling you, there's no way it, it wouldn't work. She's very growth oriented. And luckily our set points are close enough to where, where this works and we, we help each other grow. Um, and so hopefully you feel that way in your relationship. And if you don't just focus on improving yourself and because it you know if the economy changes and the country changes and you know your aunt and your uncle change or your grandma or your mother or whatever they change not much is going to change for you but if you change everything if you improve yeah. like if your mom improves a little bit that's not going to change your life that much maybe a little but if you improve everything in your life shifts the people that are attracted to you the people that are repelled by you um the career opportunities you can attract. I mean, Kevin and I, when we used to have speakers at our event, we knew who we wanted. Why? Because they attracted it by being better speakers and better people because we care about that a lot. Um, so just when you improve, everything in your world will improve. It just seems like it's not paying off until one day you wake up and it's like, whoa, like my life is magnificent. When your self-improvement set point raises, the opportunity around everything else does too. And I think mm -hmm. sometimes we don't think about that from relationships. But that's another benefit of listening to a self-improvement podcast or, or buying a new book or whatever it is, attending something. Because it's not just the opportunity to make more money or understand yourself at a deeper level. It's the opportunity to add value at a deeper level, whatever that means. So that I'm glad we did this one. It went a little bit different than I expected, as they often do, but I'm glad we ended up where we ended up. Me too, brother. I, I do have one more thing I want to share quickly. I know we got to jump. I know. I know. Uh, this is one thing for our listeners that I've found. Uh, again, 3,800 3, coaching sessions with individuals, all different cultures, countries, backgrounds. I want to share this. There are some people out there who want to attract a partner that, quite frankly, their standards for their dream partner is higher than their standards for self. And I've had moments where it's like, ooh, that's not going to work. You want this level of individual, but you're only at this level. And so you have higher standards for your future partner, your dream partner than you do for yourself. And that's not going to work. In other words, you want someone out of your league and you're not willing to get into that league. It's like someone in high school jumping to the NBA. They, they canceled that for a reason because it was detrimental to get on the court with all the people that are more well-developed in this analogy. And then I see the opposite all the time. I see people who are unbelievable and they have such high standards for self, but yet they're with someone who takes them for granted, who doesn't value them, who doesn't work on themselves. I usually, I see mis mismatches a lot and I, I want to share this vulnerably. Energetic mismatches, mismatches are a dangerous game and I've been a part of a relationship that was a huge mismatch and it doesn't work. One person is either going to have to suppress themselves or the other person is going to have to puffer fish themselves. And usually it's a combination of both. And it just messes everything up 
ego and resentment and it just gets there's a lot of fighting and it's it doesn't work well so so hopefully everyone can identify where they're at and if you're single then just try to make sure that the 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 set point the self-improvement set point of the people you surround yourself with are are at your level or above um and if you are trying to expect level 10 out of 10 partner you need to become a level 10 out of 10 person right on Next Thanks, level nation, I believe we are already close to, and again, not that we have sold all these tickets yet, but we have almost half of next level live responded to as attending. So that's awesome considering we still have a couple months to go. Very excited about that. Next level live 2023, April 1st in Worcester, Massachusetts, 50 human beings, just a next level room. We're going to have great experiences it's going to be an opportunity for you to meet other people. And if you're scared, it's a good opportunity to get out of your comfort zone. I promise you it will be worth it. I promise you it will be catered for that. We understand how difficult it can be to going to, or it can be how difficult it can be going to an event where you don't know anybody. I did it last weekend. It was very challenging, but I'm very grateful I did. And you will be too. Everything you need to know is in the show notes. I did two calls with listeners recently. Um, shout out to them. You know who you are. And both of them, I recommended the article, How to Fail Your Way to Success, because we were talking about how to play the long game, why failure is important. And both of them have these big business goals that they want to reach, but they're getting a little bit disheartened along the way. And so I said, read the article, How to Fail Your Way to Success. The link is in the show notes. It's like a 15 minute read, but I promise you, you'll walk away from that with a different perspective of why failing forward is so critical. Because if you do have big goals, and you aren't open to failing forward, you're not going to most likely have a lot of success in the long run. Kevin and I have been failing forward now for six years, five and a half to six years together, and it is paying off, even though along the way it has been a very big struggle. I say the struggle bus leads to greatness. The party bus leads to mediocrity. That article will break it down in a much better way than just that that phrasing. Next Level Nation tomorrow for episode number 1,237 is this, Keeping You Broke. We haven't talked about money in a minute. As you know, it's level up your life, love, health, and wealth. So we will talk about that tomorrow. As always, we love you, appreciate you, grateful for each and every one of you. And at NLU, we do not have fans, we have family. We will talk to you all tomorrow. Please reach out. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. We love connecting with the Next Level family. We mean it when we say family. If you ever need anything, please reach out to us directly. Everything you need to get a hold of us is in the show notes. Thank you again, and we will talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>